0: Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman and with me this week is Joe Lupton. Hey, Joe.
1: Hey, Bruce. How's it going?
0: It's gone fine. I guess I want to start by just taking a, a moment to uh, uh, recognize that the uh, global institutional investor, II, uh, fixed income poll has opened up uh, and we certainly would appreciate uh, votes for our team in in both the global economics uh, category as well as in the individual regions if you have been uh appreciative of the work we've done over the last uh, year if you've been entertained by these uh uh podcast tv calls uh certainly would would definitely appreciate uh, uh, the votes and and thanks everyone for for listening um so with that let's jump into the fray um i think this week in my mind the interesting question is to how to read the motion uh, sectorally, watching what's happened in manufacturing data, both in surveys and hard activity, which generally has been weak and, and a more mixed set of signals coming uh, from the, the service sector. And, and thinking about those two things, both together as we add up where the global economy stands overall around mid-year but also thinking about interplay between the the two sectors, which clearly have been doing different things for most of this year thus far. So that's a pretty uh, wide uh, ranging intro with, you know, some vagueness to it, but I'll let you uh, put something more concrete on that. And then I'll jump in and start arguing with you about it. So why don't you just go, go off and riff, Joe?
1: Well, look, I guess you'd start with kind of what are the the key pieces of, of, Data that we got this week. And, uh, you know, I think the big ones would have been the PMI reports and, the, and then the payroll report that we got today. On the, on the PMI side, um, feels a little bit like a, a Rorschach test. And I think that's actually a, a kind of a theme that you could, you know, spill across a lot of the, the data flow and where we stand at mid year in the sense that the PMIs for June took a, a step down. Uh, that would be something to be worried about. But at the same time, the overall all industry PMI, uh, while it moved down like a little more than a point and a half, it's still running at 52.7. And that's a level of that that would be consistent with, I think, you know, just a little under 3% growth. And that's, that's, that would be strong growth. That's well above our forecast. I think we're at about one and a half percent globally. So that's, um, you could stop there and say, okay, things feel pretty good. But of course, the momentum loss is a concern. The sectoral divergence, I think, is something that maybe is, is catching our attention a bit more. Services are continue to run well ahead of manufacturing, and the manufacturing PMIs were, were ugly. And they, that is something that's been near and dear to my heart. And I've been looking for a turn. You and I have talked a lot about this a turn in manufacturing it just hasn't happened yet. And the June PMIs. You know we're we're even weaker. So I, I think that that worries me. I'm going to underscore what I said I think last week on this call, which is you know if it if it's not broke, don't doubt it. And that I think if unless we're going into a recession, then a turn in the manufacturing sector is going to be coming. Uh, but you know it's obviously concerning to see the surveys lose that momentum. So that's why it's a bit of a Rorschach test because I think in some ways it was okay. In others, I think you can.
0: Kind well, of- let me. Let me spin it a, in a complimentary way, which is to say, we obviously went through the first half with this pretty wide divergence in sectors with manufacturing being weak, service sector being strong, overall global GDP growth in the first half was better than we expected as a result of that. Um, and as we move to mid-year, I don't want to leave the, the recession uh, discussion out of this. I think we've certainly for the immediate future moved away from that. We've been kind of thinking about this idea that manufacturing will lift and services will start to fade. That you lose some of that uh, impulse that's reflecting the normalization. And I think, you know, what you see in the the June data is the manufacturing sector not lifting, as you mentioned. Uh, and then the question is, how do you interpret the service sector, which is showing some signs of of softening, as you note? In the PMI space, it went down, but it went down in a way that even with the weak manufacturing um, reading, it's still signaling uh, modestly above trend growth. I think similarly in the U.S. employment report, you see this slowing in job growth. Uh, It's very much in the service sector. You see this leisure hospitality boom that was in place going away, but you still see pretty strong uh, job growth overall. Obviously we go through the other details there, which I think were, were reasonably uh, solid. You're left with a, a feeling that the service sector is downshifting, but not turning to weakness. It's still a source of reasonably decent strength, but you're not getting that turn in manufacturing. And then that leads you to the second part of this story, which is given these divergences, given the way this is played out in a broader landscape in terms of income, sentiment, financial conditions, um, is it more likely that this imbalance is going to get resolved uh, in a positive way or a negative way? And there, I think, um, the story perhaps is most importantly told in the U.S. I think there's a lot of reasons to feel more positive right now, because you're seeing the spending side uh, that has in some ways been a reflection of just strong income growth here, start to turn the tide on the construction sector, start to turn the tide towards somewhat stronger CapEx, and it's notable that we've revised up quite um, uh, positively our, our equipment uh, spending forecast for the uh, for the second quarter. You've got a decent income base on the household sector side. We're not really worried about the wiggles up and down we've had in good spending in the last few months. It doesn't point like a weakness. And it's showing up in um, inventory growth that looks like it's, it's come to a stall. And you put that together with signs that sentiments come up in uh, the business surveys us looks okay i wouldn't say that for china i wouldn't say that for western europe though so it's
1: i don't know bruce i mean i i i wouldn't say it for china but frankly i in terms of the growth Impulse and what it means for the global economy and for the story we're trying to tell. I don't care about China, right? I think China policy supports have focused too much on supporting the supply side of the economy, not enough on the demand side. That's what's giving you outright deflation in that economy. Uh, and I think China is going to struggle here through the through the second half. Europe is the one that I would worry more about, but I think you can point to some things there. A lot of the the angst <laughs> that we were kind of talking about. Uh, for, your, for Europe is in the survey space. And I think the data flow um, maybe is not as weak. I mean, you you were pointing this out to me just this morning that the IP numbers actually, the actual IP numbers are not great, but they're nowhere near as weak as what the PMIs are telling us. And that's the source of a lot of that angst are the, are the PMIs. I, I'd also just point out that the same source of support for the US in terms of fundamental drivers is a strong labor market, strong wage inflation. Well, Europe has that in spades. I'd also point out that the excess saving, which already has been supporting the US and has is is fading as we look to the second half, is not even been touched in Europe. And now you could say that is a is a source of caution on the on the on the consumer, but it's there, it's there to be tapped if that becomes activated alongside kind of strong labor. Well- then Europe uh, could be doing better here.
0: Maybe I mean I'm not gonna uh, fight you too hard here, but I mean I do think um, the backdrop in Europe, where you're you're facing a paucity of um, uh, hard data here, is uh, is not as good. And I I do think it is striking, and we can we can talk about the quality of the survey data, but it is striking that the sentiment readings May June have come off quite hard. Forget about the Survey data on activity at the same time in the U.S. You've seen them rise. That's a striking difference. Um, I also think the consumer looks different. We don't have as good data, but certainly the first quarter in Europe was down um, in the GDP accounts on consumption. The U.S. was up four uh, percent. the signals, the signals from the survey data, signals from the survey data on inventories are in a different in a different zip code right now for the two. Um, so I'm I'm willing to give on the side that there's something in the services sector in Europe that is still probably giving us a lifting here. But it does feel to me like this is a region in Western Europe uh, which is just not delivering uh, what, we, um, what we thought it would be. And it's, not, it's not getting so. that same benefits of the, uh, of the lifting in the services industry, the supports there as we are in the US and, and, and in some other places, Japan obviously getting strong supports there tam looking okay uh there's it's it's there's clearly parts of the world beyond the us which are looking uh like it's okay but western europe you you may not care about china and and perhaps you're right not to um but western europe to me is the question mark here and i'm not feeling particularly good about it right now
1: well i mean not good i i think you you're you're right to highlight the things that you did that are sources of concern but i i go back to the theme that I started with, which is if it's not broke, don't doubt it, and I wouldn't doubt unless we're we're saying Europe is sliding into recession here, and maybe maybe that is what we should be fearing. But if they're not, I think the sources of growth are going to be are are going to be strong. I think they're going to benefit from a strong U.S. Uh, and I, I think we should be looking to you know we've already marked things down in Europe. I think you could be telling a story of uh, potential upsides there.
0: Okay, I mean, I'm more worried about the downside in Europe. I and I think you can't have a U.S. economy that surprises to the upside and a European economy that just stays in stall mode here for a few months. We'll see how it plays out, but that'd be my that'd be my concern in the um in the context of not feeling particularly worried about the U.S. breaking here anytime soon. Um, let's turn um somewhat uh, differently to the inflation uh picture here. Um. There's uh, obviously the wage number today in the U.S. was on the firmer side. Uh, There's um, still pretty strong service sector activity across much of the world. The question is, is is the goods sector going to get some real disinflation through the pipeline? It certainly feels like it. Uh, We put out a piece in the U.S. this week arguing that's going to happen. How big could that be and how uh, significant could that be from a a perspective of central banks, and let's just put on the table when we say that it, it feels like, um, whatever we get next week on CPI, the Fed's pretty much going at the July meeting, and uh, you know, we are looking for 0.3 there. But let's talk about the broader trajectory of yeah, I mean, I, into the second I, half.
1: I think there's definitely a, a, a moderation coming, and I think it's going to come largely on the back of the goods sector, which, frankly, while while the strength of service sector inflation has kind of what's caught most people's attention uh, over the past six to eight months. The surprise on inflation that we've had on core inflation has been in the good sector. We just thought there was going to be a lot more goods disinflation, and it didn't arrive, right? I mean, I shouldn't say it didn't arrive. We got some, but not nearly as much as we would have thought. So I, I think the downdraft is coming, and it's coming I think through a number of channels. Some of it is technical, as you noted on motor vehicle prices in the U.S., which you know has just been gangbusters, and that's going to come off. Uh, But I think more importantly, the the broader uh, supply chain pressures, which have faded you know completely at this point, point to a big pullback in in goods and inflation. And then I think a a, a third element is is really that this issue we talked about earlier, which is China, which is that- So China a- doesn't matter? Uh, it doesn't matter for growth. It matters for inflation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, if you look at export prices coming out of China, they're they're actually coming down. PPI is running and we get it next week, I think, for China. We're talking down close to 5% over the past year. That's the worst disinflation we've seen and over- i don't know probably over five years i think 2016 was the last time you saw it this bad um and so that disinflationary impulse i think will will ripple out And you put that all together and i just think that will be a a a disinflationary force but i don't want to overstate this conversation here because services are bigger services are still running hot and i think some of the disinflationary good stuff will run its course by the time you get to the end of this quarter and when we're sitting here in the in the fourth quarter, we're going to be right back where you and I have been saying we're going to be for over a year now, which is you're going to see disinflation. It's going to come down. It's just when the dust settles, you're going to be at a level of inflation that is still making central banks uncomfortable. And, and for what it's worth, we continue to move, at least in the developed markets, we continue to move rates higher. We still have, you know, we added one for the Fed, but likely two. In, in probably our opinion. We've added rate hikes for the ECB where we see two more hikes. We've added rate hikes for the BOE where we now see three hikes. This week, we upped our Bank of Canada forecast. We added another 25 basis point there on the back of what was also a surprisingly strong payroll report. So, uh, you know, the, the general direction is, you know, taking risks off on the growth side. And I think we've discussed that up front. Inflation coming down, but not enough. And therefore, central banks shifting their focus to inflation, and therefore rising rising rates.
0: Okay, so I think we'll uh, leave it there. Then, uh, thanks everyone for listening in, and hope we can continue the conversation again next week on J.P. Morgan TV. Thank you.